Workers. This is Chad Condon with Working Game. I am excited today about this episode, introducing two new people. I got Josh Broner and Andy What's Miller. Going on, everybody. Hey there. Uh, Josh is going to be helping me out after getting some incriminating photos, threatening him with blackmail, and eventually getting him in a headlock. He decided he'd help me out on the podcast. And Andy Miller is another one of those working stiffs who happens to be running for state representative. Figured we'd represent a little there and get his view on the American dream and and pull some of his real life experiences out into the light and hopefully get a chuckle in the adversity that we all know as the working game. So starting out, all of us here together, hanging out, gonna talk a little bit about what Andy's view is on the American dream. Uh, get some of that and first off we'll I guess get a little background on you okay. where you come from and been here you know let people know that you are basically one of us yeah absolutely all right well thank you um as stated my name is Andy Miller I, I live here in Southport Indiana um I'm basically uh, uh the south sider for life if you will um I've lived in Beach Grove um, I've lived in Franklin, Bargersville. I've lived in the state of Indiana my entire life. Um, I graduated from uh, Manual High School, and I won't tell you what year, uh, but it's been a while. <laughs> uh, but, and I have uh, a fiance and uh, four kids and uh, just trying to live our best version of the American dream. That's good. I'm a South Sider, too. Have been my whole life, but I'm a little further south. <laughs> It's a little bit of a commute, but uh, good to hear. Yeah. Talking about the American dream, and what does that mean to you? I mean, we talked a little bit earlier that, that you had taken some classes that they had mentioned, and so obviously you're going to have probably a little more idea what what it really means, but what does it mean to you? Uh, that's a great question. The, the American dream to me is, and I hate to – think of it this way or look at it but is living in a debt up to your eyeball eyeballs yeah. so to speak that's what it's evolved into. yes yeah. that's what it's evolved into shit um, i'm killing it <laughs> but it's it's the ability to to have a home to to own and and to live in and raise your family in it's it's about feeling safe in your community um, it's about being able in my opinion you know taking vacations i'm a huge advocate for uh, taking vacations. Um, it's a great time to unwind from that, you know, I wouldn't say nine to five because for us, there's no such thing as nine to five. I had that discussion um, today. Yeah. Our, our hours vary, you know, from job site to job, job site. And uh, so it kind of just depends on what, you know, our hours are. Um, sometimes we're, you know, some people work in shutdowns to where they're working seven tens, seven twelves, you know, whatever that may be. Um, but it's just the ability to be able to enjoy life without having to worry about where your next meal is going to come from or how you're going to pay your car payment or your house payment or, or whatever, you know, whatever bills you may have. Um, it's about the middle class. Uh, I, I, to me, my, and again, in my opinion, the middle class is is the, the American dream. We're building it. Um, yeah, we, we do. build the American dream and make it possible, and it's yes, it's kind of it's kind of neat to see, you know, and 
this is early on in the podcast and we're we're evolving as it goes, but even the the few interviews and conversations I've had, it's neat to see how people's opinions vary a little bit, but it's the same. Yeah. You know, because the last one they touched on touched on military and how we're protected and having that economic stability and being safe and comfortable. Yeah. You know, which is yeah. what people want. Yeah, yeah, they and do. Despite how the community's set up and and the American dream is portrayed or even lived out you know and that's where i'm at is we're living the american dream right now yeah and being able to support that and and move on with it is pretty awesome yeah and and i think that part of the american dream too is it's kind of like no leaving not leaving anybody behind um, because you have so many people that live in poverty right that that's not necessarily the american dream but some people aren't capable of pulling themselves up and out, right. but whereas others are, um, but I think it's also trying to, I wouldn't say spread the wealth, but in a sense, spread the wealth. Yeah. It, it's not just focused on one person or that 1% that kind of rules and dictates everything else. It's, yeah. it's about trying to bring people up to the middle class and, and trying to, you know, have that same comfort, so to speak. Yeah. And I even, going back to that topic you know going into the what i've described as how the american dream is defined Mm -hmm. it's all based on you know the freedoms and rights that you have allow you to do the things that you want Mm -hmm. but the american dream to each individual is based on their ability and accomplishments that's going to make everybody's american dream different right it's it's their own perception of what it is yeah and that's what i'm hoping to see here as we do more of these the to get the differences and so far we've interviewed people that are not struggling mm-hmm. you know and i'd like to get some that are and i'd like to get right. some that are way above our means too but, yeah and just see the differences and share that with people and that's good stuff yeah absolutely and as far as that that's where we go and understanding your perspective on the american dream and pretty much goes along with what i've heard so far do you think there's any difference in the way it was meant to be when they wrote that stuff back in the early 1900s? It's it's different then because life is different. It amazes me that they can put language together like that back then that is still relevant today. But, you know, it, it says that, like I mentioned, the abilities and accomplishments you've made, but it's not restricted by circumstances of birth it's open to everyone. everyone. Yeah. You know, just like you'd mentioned, that even the people that are struggling, we bring those along with us. Yeah. And it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. And I think over the years, you know, cause if you look at the fifties and the sixties, the American dream was something completely different. The dad worked, yep. mom stayed home. They still had a home. They had one car. That was the American dream. Then you know, two kids granted some people had, you know, 13, 14, 15 yep. kids. And I don't have a clue how they I don't made it then. I have no yeah, clue how they the afforded it. Amazed me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so you know, you go from fifties to sixties to today, where there is no single family income home. It's like both parents work, children in child care or school yeah. or after school care. You know, there's always something. But and I think that just as time changes, so does the American dream and what that looks like. Yeah, it's good. Kind of cool. Yeah. Well, there you have 
another outlook on the American dream. And you know, if it's my dream, your dream, Andy's dream, they're all just a little different. And if you're going to own a home in this American dream, it's going to come with maintenance issues and things that you may have to repair or fix. Even in my day-to-day job, part of my success can be attributed to service pipe and supply. At first glance, Service Pipe and Supply is a wholesale distributor serving mechanical contractors, maintenance teams, new installers all around this great state of Indiana. They can even help you supply the things that you need to keep your home up and running. As a matter of fact, the sump pump that I have in my basement right now came from Service Pipe and Supply. With service at the core of this local family-owned business, I assure you they will help you get it done. Just give them a call at 317-639-9308 or look them up on the web at www.servicepipe.com. I'm sure that Justin, Tim, JB, or Jordan will be glad to lend a hand and get you the parts that you need to keep your American dream running like a well-oiled machine. So here we go again. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, him being an electrician, a union electrician, yeah, a fellow union brother. Kind of what let's, I was gonna lead in. Let's break place. the work and the politics shit apart. I think a little yeah. bit. That's yeah. where I let's was get into that. We're we are a worker. Yeah, I don't know. You got your fancy yeah. little thing, but yeah, you don't you don't have this. <laughs> no, yeah. I've got one somewhere, but I mean, I got it's in this the with the beers, right? <laughs> if it was, I'd have that son of a bitch. I promise you. <laughs> yeah, and that's where we're at. Is his background a little bit and what you do for a living and maybe share an experience that you've had at work that you'll never forget you know bringing in those real life experiences that we're talking about that i think people are going to enjoy so yeah yeah so ready to go again send it send it all right andy so as far as getting past that knowing what the american dream is seeing the different views what we're going to move into next is maybe you know a little bit about what you do as a working stiff Okay. you have anything you'd like to share as far as maybe a little background on what your career is, the people you work around, and maybe bring one of those experiences, real life experiences out into the light and maybe share an experience you've had that you will never forget from work. All right, I can do that. Uh, yeah, so a little bit about my background is I'm IBW 41, uh, union electrician. I joined in 2004. Um, I did leave in 2015 for a little little bit. I went back to school, uh, came back uh, during COVID, worked all through COVID. Um, so I've just been doing it since 2004, really. He is essential. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, one of the essential. Um, and I've I've been everywhere. I've worked in Michigan City. I've worked in Richmond, uh, Bedford. Uh, furthest west I've gone is Avon. So, um, but I like to kind of stay right here in Indianapolis. Yeah, not uh, big I, on traveling either. Well, it's, it's not going to be not big not on there. traveling. It's just I don't like the north side. I don't like <laughs> to travel up to the north side yeah. at all. A lot more traffic up there, I think. A lot more traffic. And um, one of the things, like, 
this is just part of one of the things that I won't ever forget. I was in it. I was an apprentice um, for Ermco at Clarion North, which is now IU North, uh, working maintenance side up there. And one day I left work, and from 116th to 465, there were three accidents within that right. that, that short area. Um, I, I shouldn't laugh, but I think one of the funniest ones was a lady was driving a minivan and she had a stack of papers on her steering wheel. As she's driving, she's thrumming through these papers, doesn't see the person in front of her stop and just smokes her. Yep. Fantastic. And, yeah. So, and the lady in the car, she was, she was not having a good time. Yeah. She just was bawling, going crazy. Uh, the lady that hit her, she just, I mean, act like nothing happened. Yeah. Uh, just another day at work. Yeah, no, it's another wait, day at work in the office. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if you're an Indiana driver, you suck. I'm just letting you know. If you drive like at six in the morning with me, you're awful. Get out of my way. <laughs> in your book, get the shit out of my way. I got places to be. Yeah. I've got it down. I wake up like 20 minutes where I got to be at work. I know the exact time of everything I have to do. Yeah. Get the shit out of my way. Let's go. Yeah. North side, not for me. Yeah, I'm not in your district, so it's cool, but <laughs> yeah. But some of the other experiences um, that I won't forget is again when I was an in, uh, apprentice, uh, getting to work on Lucas Oil Stadium. That was that was probably the the highlight of of my career so yeah. far is, is having that chance and opportunity to to be able to do that. Um, my journeyman at the time, we went up to the to the rafters where this the roof opens up, nice. and just looking down and you know the cranes looking like little matchbox hot well, wheels. You don't realize how long oh, yeah. it is between the highest point and down there until yeah, you man. see yeah how yeah. small things look yeah. when you're way up there. Yeah. yeah, holy shit, it is high. I we took our tour as an apprenticeship, and when you go over the top and you look down, it's like oh good lord. <laughs> they they walked us out on the side where actually the roof goes down and we yeah. could see over the downtown skyline. I was like, this is really cool, but let's get the hell back inside. I mean, <laughs> this shit rolls. It's December. No. Yeah. Man, get oh back man. on the solid ground. You got, yeah. You know, we did that little tour when I was an apprentice. Yeah. The stadium wasn't a thing. We got to go on the roof of the, here you go. Who's your dome? Yeah. <laughs> How the hell did you go on that roof? It's a bubble. <laughs> It's it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, it can still be done. awesome. Yeah, but your dome. Yeah, I'm not that old. Probably the the highlight of, of my career so far is just having that chance and opportunity to yeah. to work on that. Um, yeah, that's that's super awesome because I mean, like we do little industrial things every day, and you get stuck in shitty plants all over, dirty, nasty, and it's always dirty and nasty in a lot of places. Yeah. But then you do hospitals, which are cool, but like a big ass sports stadium that you're going to see on TV every week. And hell, it's a cool one too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys have kids or not, but you know, I do the typical construction working dad, you know, anytime I drive by like, Hey, I, you know, I worked yep. on that or I, I helped build that or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's in my, I know my, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hearing it, but it's still something to be proud of. You know, not everybody can say, Hey, I, I worked on that or yep. or I did this or I did that. So I do yeah, it all the cool. time too. Yeah. You know, my kids are grown now and out on their own and all that good stuff. But I remember you drive around, you see something that you worked on and it's it's a sense of pride. I mean they yeah. they may not understand it, but that's the way you feel about it. And yeah. Then, you know, some things like the stadium when you yeah. help work on that, they can mm -hmm. remember it and 
at yeah. some point may think, yeah, my dad worked on that. Yeah. 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 Going to a game or whatever. And right before you get there, you always hope it's still standing and it's everything's good before you tell them that <laughs> shit too. So it hasn't fallen down. Yeah. Hey, it's still there. Good me. Wait, yeah. wait until the event is over and the lights are still on. Like, yeah, I worked on this. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and thankfully, I mean, I know many of us have witnessed, uh, you know, very serious and dangerous accidents on the job sites, and and thankfully, in my time, I've I've never witnessed anything or been a part of it or had to had to see it because I'm sure that that's not that's something that none of us would ever forget or be able right. to get out of our mind. Uh, so, you know, like I said, thankfully that, that's just something I've never had experience, but I know that there are other other brothers and sisters out there that, that have, you know, experienced that or witnessed that. So Yeah. Yeah, and that definitely has effect on everything that you do from that point. Yeah. Life changing. And that's part of it being, you know, with all of us being involved in unions, it's you get the training and understand it becomes a common culture of safety and how to do it. Mm-hmm do it right you know yeah and even with all that training things do still happen but they do it's okay. it's good that it's less likely and you don't have to experience that yeah 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 so hire a union and basically yeah always buy local yeah. be american buy american and since we're on that topic mm-hmm. and you said you haven't had to experience that but i'm sure there's things out there that have happened in your past, in your in your experience on the job, and those things typically happen because somebody doesn't know what they're doing or not thinking right. Do you have maybe an experience with one of the biggest dumb shits that you've worked with? Well, I know it doesn't narrow it down much. No, it, it doesn't. We never worked together, have we? <laughs> actually good send we were it. real close about three weeks ago all right tell the story close is not there as far as the biggest dumb shit oh man i don't know there was i don't know if you classify as the biggest dumb shit but this is something that sticks with me to this day and even when i was a foreman years ago i kind of made sure that i made myself aware of this but um, I was an apprentice and I was working for companies no longer in business and uh, GPI, which is general piping. Yep. They were on a school that we were working on and we came in. This was right around Christmas time. He's getting right. beat up on a fitter. I can feel it. <laughs> no, nope. I have nothing but love for fitters. <laughs> Better not. I'll cancel this shit right now. <laughs> but uh, we came in. And at lunchtime, the 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 pipe fitters had a big spread. You know, they just had this pitch in and everything. And I told the guys, like, hey, and I just joke with him. I was like, hey, you know, thanks for the invite. And he's like, man, we told you guys as foreman that if you guys wanted to do anything or bring anything in, you know, you're welcome to. I'm like, man, that dude didn't say one damn word to us. And that, so that kind of pissed me off. Right. And I was like, I will never treat anybody like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just... And it gets into production. We can't stop and have lunch. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just... I, I mean, it, it would have... To me, that... I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's important, it's important to be able to do those things. Um, to try to take care of the guys that are working with you. To show that you appreciate them. Because I guarantee you get a far better work ethic out of people that you appreciate. Absolutely. Versus people you treat like shit. 
it's it's the whole point behind even large companies yeah. do team building exercises yeah. because you get those people together. They know each other. Mm-hmm. They know who they are. They know yeah. where they live. They they learn their families, get to yeah. knowing each other, and you're going to work together better, yeah. safer, more productive, communicate better. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. But yeah. How long for not sharing a lunch? <laughs> Full belly makes everybody it's happy, funny bro. Because, yeah. There was kind of funny because I even questioned some of the the way he was wanting to us install some of the work, and then an inspector came through and said, "Hey, you got to put that on rod or something," because yeah. he was wanting us to use ceiling grid wire to mount and support boxes on, and they would just swing and sway. Yeah. And inspector came in and said, "Hey, you got to drop those off a rod," and we tried to tell him, you know, before that, and he's like, "No, we'll just do the ceiling grid." Yeah. So there there are some people that that try to cut corners, but. Yeah, it's. I well, think treat everybody, you know, cutting respect. corners and making things. I get it's not supposed to be done, and there are people that do it. But understanding what is required in codes and all that good stuff is part of the training that we get, we also. Do. And yeah. it's that's where we're at. Is if he had taken the time to get that lunch and get to know his workers, mm-hmm. you know, that that's what I'm saying is it's the relationship. Yeah. You know, you got to listen to the people that are working for you. You, you do. can't just you shrug do. it off and keep moving forward yeah. regardless of what anybody else says so yeah yeah well cool i appreciate you sharing those things and yeah no problem i enjoyed uh having a chance and opportunity to do this yep yeah it's fun stuff you know and that's that's where we're at is trying to share all these things and let people hear what other pe- happens to other people and maybe they can relate to it learn from it because i did uh i do want to give a shout out for cooper who had left a comment and that was one of his questions is some of the advice that you can give to some of the young bucks out there that are just starting out, you know, and, and they're listening to this gaining experience, seeing what we deal with and hopefully learning some of the things that they should not do. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) How much time you got? Uh, Right. (laughs) But my biggest thing is, and I've even told apprentices, you know, even on the job I'm on, I've told him like, you know, if, if you don't feel like it's safe, don't do it. And don't don't yep. worry about repercussions because if someone's going to complain to you or force you into doing something that you don't feel safe doing, then obviously that person shouldn't yep. be in the trade none pay, whatsoever. Pay attention to that response. Yeah, that's part yeah. of the, You don't have to think about it. it your body tells yeah. you. It's yeah. like walking up to an edge like just you were talking about in the stadium that's way up there mm-hmm. you get up there and you, your, your heart rate elevates yeah. you can tell it's yeah it, your body reacts and if you get that feeling it's probably not right yeah yeah and uh, the other advice that i could give is you guys are the future of the trades you guys are the future of our unions so my biggest advice is get involved stay involved be involved yep um, absolutely since i've since I've been in, I've done a circle of lights. Um, I've only helped with Irish Fest a couple times, uh, but every year I pretty much would do the circle of lights. I try to attend every meeting that I can because there are decisions being made at those meetings um, that you should be a part of. Because like I said, you guys are the future of of everybody. I mean, you're yep. going to help all the people behind you with their pensions, their retirements. I'm trying to promote like that, that so, myself. And yeah. it's, and it's yeah. it's that way, not even in unions, in, in society and yeah. everything that you 
participate in. That's the way the world works. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. there's people doing things right now that keep the community running, mm -hmm. the unions running, everything that you have to do, but they're going to move on and somebody's yeah. got to fill that spot. Somebody's so. got to step up. Yep. Don't ever be afraid to step up into a leadership position or think it's not for you. Because if, if you think that there's a whole bunch of other people that think that as well. So yep. sometimes you got to kind of take that leap of faith and just step out there and be like, you know what? I want to be more involved. I want to help and see and guide where this stuff is going to go. And speaking of that, stepping into positions of leadership, you know, and that's with all this stuff. I mean, you guys, I hope listening to it, realize that Mr. Miller here is one of us. I mean, he is a working stiff, just yeah. like the ones, whether you want to call it nine to five or seven to three, you know, it depends on what time you get up, but you're doing the activities day to day going through it, you know, and Andy's been right there with us. Yeah. And speaking of getting into leadership roles, mm -hmm. You know, you have mentioned some of your background, where you come from, the working things that you've done. We've talked a little bit about union. Why electrician? Why union? And maybe give us some backstory to where you're headed next. Okay. I can do that. Um, as far as why electrician, uh, I actually started, and it's most people want to believe this, but I actually started doing this trade when I was nine. Uh, my stepdad was an electrician, owned his own business. Uh, so when I didn't have school, um, I went and worked with him. Um, granted, there were a couple summers I did. Uh, pole, I built pole, pole barns one year uh, with a couple of my uncles, um, another friend of the family. I got paid $3 an hour, no manual labor. We were doing the original oh, apprentice. Oh, yeah, that's right. Doing um, driveways, asphalt, silco things yep. like that. Um, and for some, whatever reason, I just always liked um, being an electrician. Uh, now, granted, I did leave over the years um, and tried to find other things to do. But for whatever reason, I always came back to being an electrician. I was a hod carrier for two years, two, you know, two and a half years. And um, yeah, I don't know why anybody would do that for a living. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, so I decided that I wanted to do something else. Went back into electrical work. I worked non-union for two years and they were trying to get me to run a job without me consenting or anything. They would just they put me on a job and then said, hey, so-and-so is supposed to come out and take over. They never took over <laughs> and they were trying to get me to run a job and pay me $12 an hour. Right. And I said, no, I'm not doing this. Right. Yeah, so they wanted me to run this job for $12 an hour. Uh, I went to them and said, if you want me to run this work, then you have to pay me more than, than $12 an hour. And I know that if they, uh, if I, I wouldn't have said anything to them, then, you know, they would have, you know, just still tried to just pay me $12 an hour to, to run that work. Right. And so I said, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. And I found a salt on a job I was on is actually at Lily's Corporate Center huh. on Building 87. And I found a salt and said, "Hey, I want I want to go in the union." And I went and talked to an organizer on like a Wednesday. At Friday, I grabbed all my shit and never went back and joined. I got sworn in on I believe it was May 5th, of 2004, and. Uh, 
I haven't looked back since then. Yeah, and that's I, I try to promote that and let people know because I'm an instructor at our hall and I deal with apprentices a lot. So having that mentality, you can't fault a guy for trying to work and feed his family and right. do what he's got to do. Right. It's the contractor that's taking advantage of it. Exactly. You know, just like that guy that's coming out trying to get you to do the job mm-hmm. and he's trying to get you to do someone else's job for less. Yeah. You know, exactly. and I'm glad to see that you have found that resource and got into it and, and got somebody that can back you up. And again, with the working people and a collective voice, you know, helped you improve the standards that you were working on, get you yeah. more money, get you benefits, all the things that, that you get collectively through a union, which absolutely you know, brings you into some of those leadership roles and, and develops you to move on from that and, uh, there, there are many ways to to get involved to get in that leadership role, like you said. Right. Yeah. Um, whether that's a foreman, general foreman, uh, that instructor at the apprenticeship, uh, someone in the hall, an e-board, you know, any 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 role or position, um, you have chances and opportunities to to kind of be there to go into that leadership role. Yep, and be the voice. You yep. know, and just like we talked about earlier, having the young ones falling out behind yeah. us, taking that leadership role and mm-hmm. moving further into it, you know, on, on that topic, what, what do you think your next step is now and talking about leadership roles and, and moving into new perspectives and, and helping other people have a voice. Well, uh, right now, my next step and next move is um, to hopefully become a state representative uh, in House District 93. Um, I just, I think that we need a voice in a state house. And uh, kind of the reason it got me to this point was in 2011, you had right to work and we all marched on a state house right. in opposition. Yep. I was there. Uh, then we did it again in 2012 because they tried to, you know, pass it again and we marched in opposition then. And they passed it anyway. Right. And I just, I felt like my choice and my right to make that choice to be a union member was was stripped and taken from me. And I just, I didn't agree with it. And I, I felt like, you know, we marched on the state house and I don't feel like it did any good. It, it is frustrating. I know there was a huge effort there. Yeah. And obviously the outcome is what was pushed through anyway. Right. Which gripes me a little bit right. too because the because of the way it was done and how that went through mm-hmm. you know they call it the right to work like it's a great thing right. you get all it's these not. rights and it's not and it's proven mm-hmm. in other states that are right to work that i don't know if it's a direct correlation or not but the states that are right to work unemployment goes up you know i mean they're basically giving other people the opportunity to come from out of state and do our work for less. And, yeah. you know, they're not familiar with local vendors. They don't have any relationships and yeah. all that that came with it was hidden from us and said it was great. And we disagreed with it anyway. And it just got pushed through, pushed yeah, right on by pushed through it, rammed down our throats. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, I, I remember standing there looking at state house and be like, I've got to get in there somehow. I've got to get in there and, and fight for the working class. And somehow I've got to do that. And at that point in time, I had no idea how. I had no idea how to get in there. I had no idea what I needed to do to get to that point. And just over the years, um, in 2019, I did an internship with the Indiana General Assembly. I worked with 
uh, State Representative Terry Austin, uh, former Speaker of the House Pat Bauer and Ryan Dvorak learned so much from all three of them and realized that, you know, I, I can do this. And right. now I know what I need to do and how I need to go about it. And so I ran in 2020. Uh, there were three people. It was a presidential election year. My name wasn't listed first. I didn't win. Right. Uh, this time around, uh, no one filed as far as a Democrat goes uh, in this area because nobody believes that it can be won. Um, but I am not one to just lay down. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at. And that's one of the reasons I, I'd reached out to you. I know it's all about politics and all the stuff that goes into it, but that's where I'm at is that we're getting run over with the elections right around the corner. Like you said, your name wasn't first on that ballot. Right. People go in and vote and have no idea what they're voting right. for. They're, and that's part of living the American dream is giving that opportunity to select who is representing you in the closed doors as government officials. And I feel that, Andy, you would be a you're one of us. You're a working guy. You've been through it. You have stood up, taken those leadership roles and and voiced your opinion and of course, again, got railroaded with the right to work, which now you're actually taking action and, mm -hmm. and moving forward with it. And I appreciate it. And just Thank like Josh, I mean, I'm not District 93. I'm further south, but I definitely agree with your point of view mm -hmm. and how you go about it. And having you here, I hope to promote that and get your name out there to where people people see it and they yeah. understand that this guy's here for the working people. Absolutely. And and that's the thing too, is like the, the two opponents that I have for November 8th, neither one of them support union members, none whatsoever. Right. right. And we are our own worst enemies because you have people, and I, I don't understand how, I, I guess I could get it to an extent, but you have union members that will vote against their paycheck. Right. And we've got to stop doing that because all we're doing is hurting ourselves. Right. And we've got to start supporting people that support us. We've got, if we have a union brother or sister running for whatever, whatever level of politics they're in, whether it's a municipal race, state race, federal race, whatever, we've got to, we've got to support them. And uh, that support comes in, in many different shapes and colors. It's, you can help them knock on doors. You can help them uh, make phone calls. You can give them money. Uh, you can help them out on election day at the polls, you know, come out and volunteer some time to hand out material. Uh, there's just many different ways to, to get involved and, and to help. And I think it's important that we understand that at some point in time, party affiliation, we kind of got to put a, put to the side and, and start supporting those that they're going to support yeah. us. Yeah. And that's where I'm at is it, it's it's no longer the way things have evolved with politics. I mean, I understand that it was originally set up. You have to have separate parties. So you have opposition. Right. There's got to right. be checks and balances, right. you know, but it's always been uh, if you're a union, you got to be Democratic and all. And that's not necessarily true. You know, you have to no. research the people and understand the ones that are going to support organized labor. that So they're not cutting our paychecks and, and taking the rug out from under us. 
there are also Republican parties that support organized labor. Yeah. And it's it, it makes sense to me, you know, and not just because I'm biased, because I am union. It makes sense to me because it's it goes back to all the the age old sayings, you know, who who brought you the weekend? Mm-hmm. Who brought you the eight hour day? It benefits all workers for organized members yeah. to come together and fight for workers' rights. Yeah, it's history. it's in the history books. Yeah. And that's one of the things I am running on is workers' rights. And I know some of the people that I've met with, like I met with the carpenters. Um, I tried to meet with the the laborers. They weren't interested in helping. Um, I both, well, IB, IBW 41 and 1393 uh, got support from them. The the pipe fitters got support from them. And, and that's just something that I ask or try to talk to or reiterate is like, hey, talk to your membership. Tell them that, you know, support those that support them. Don't just don't just go out there and cast a ballot because that Republican uh, aligns with guns or, or whatever, whatever right. it is. Yeah. At some point in time, you've got to start protecting your most valuable asset, which is your paycheck. Because without that paycheck, without those wage increases and those benefits and that pension, you can't take care of your family. You're not going to be able to live that American dream. Right. Your American dream is going to change drastically. And and you've got to start supporting those that support us. And right now, especially in House District ninety three, that's me. You know, that, it is. That's, that's yeah, it I've, is. I've looked around a little bit and just not so. I mean, I understand what's in the district I'm in, but yeah. even getting ready for this, I've looked and there's there's really zero opposition. You know, and that's the whole point of having split parties mm-hmm. is so you have checks and balances. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm looking for is somebody to help support the people that are going to work every day, putting in the work, doing it, and and need those benefits to yeah. end the paycheck to live the American dream. Yeah. Yeah. So, Andy, I mean, just for the people listening, for the you know millions and millions of followers that we have already, three weeks into this shit. Yeah. Like we need more people like you. Clearly, guys that are looking for the union. All of us working stiffs, as Chad likes to call us. We're looking for guys like you. What did it take for you to say, holy shit, I want to get into this. Let's go do it. How how would somebody go about doing that? And how many districts are in Indiana? Like, what is the challenges that we have going forward? What's the well, biggest Indiana, issue for you? Indiana has a bicameral legislation, which you have a House side and a Senate side. So you have 50 state senators. Um, and then you have 100 from the House of Representatives. So there are 100 districts on the House side and there are 50 on the Senate side. Uh, Every two years, you have an election for your House of Representatives. The Senate side is more or less staggered. That way, not everyone's being reelected at once. Uh, But but to get involved or to know where to start, um, it's just really trying to get involved and engaged and talking to the right people to find out, hey, I want to run for city county councilor or something. Um, what do I need to do to do that? You've got to file a campaign committee. Uh, that's usually done at the state or county level, depending on which, which, which. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word, which, where you want to start at, whether it's at a more local level or state level or federal level. Uh, so right. you file those um, and you get your campaign uh, finance committee and any money that you 
I shouldn't say any, it's technically anything over a hundred dollars you have to report, but I report every penny I get. I mean, I've had people give five bucks, 10 bucks, you know, a hundred bucks, $10,000. So, and everything has to be reported and it's extremely helpful and beneficial to have people that want to volunteer to help. If you have someone right. who wants to be your campaign manager, that person kind of takes on the role of, of doing everything. Whereas right now I don't have a campaign manager. So I'm cutting turfs. I'm putting together a list, phone banking list, you know, turf list, uh, any money that comes in, I've got to get it signed. I've got it to the bank. I've got to do the campaign finance report. I got to see to it that everything is, is submitted and, and taken care of. I've got to look for volunteers. You know, it just, I have to have, you know, means and ways for people to do things so there, there's a lot of, of things that go into it but having those volunteers uh, makes it easier and having a campaign manager uh, makes it a lot easier as well yeah yeah i was just curious i mean like like i said obviously i appreciate what the hell you're doing for your district and to have a union brother out there but you're one of over 100 now is what right. you're saying so get out there and do this shit let's make it better for us Clearly, unions are the way to go, in my opinion. I'm going to say that, and I think we're all there. But we're here for the workers. We're doing that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I appreciate somebody being out there for the workers. You're not my district, but, hell, you got my vote if it matters. Right, and that's where I'm at is yeah. trying to get this out there. And yeah. hopefully, I once this is together and we get it out there, that's the intent is to promote it for people that are in this district. Right. Get the name out there. Yeah. You know, that's, that's where I'm at is your, your, your head and your heart's in the right place. Yeah. And I think that's something that we need in your position. Yeah. You know, we'll do right. what we can to, to get it out there and help you get there. I appreciate that. appreciate that a lot. And it's just, you know, and something I've even with the meetings that I've gone to, like when I went to the pipe fitters or 10 knockers and, things like that, you know, I tell them, I was like, I don't, I don't care if you live in a district, if you want to get involved, if you want to come yep. out and help, I'll take the help any which way, you know, possible. Um, if you don't mind driving from Kokomo to, to the south side of Indianapolis to spend some time and knock on doors or make phone calls, I'll take you, you know, it's just whether or not you want to be engaged and, and whether or not you want to be on the end of success, I guess, so to speak. Right. Yeah, well, perfect. So. Yeah. And it's outstanding. You know, it's a lot of information. It is. More, there's a lot of information that, that even I don't understand going into some of it, but <laughs> the baseline is, is that I get it and we need, you need that help. We need your help, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's a team effort. So uh, we'll do what we can with this. And I appreciate you sharing all of your experience from work and leading us up to this point. I appreciate everything that you're doing, campaigning and running for state representative. I hope you make it. And whether you do or don't, we may contact you later and have another conversation, that's, see how that goes. That's fine with me. I'm all for it. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. the chance and opportunity. There you have some more good stuff on the working game. If you're enjoying this, stay tuned. There's more yet to come. This interview is not over yet. We still have a few more questions for Andy to answer. And, of course, some of that bullshitting that we so much like to do. If you'd like to hear more, help us improve, increase audio quality, 
all the things that go along with learning how to do a podcast. If you can't tell, we are new at this. Check out the show notes. Go all the way to the bottom to the page. You can hit that link. It'll redirect you where you can support us, even if it's just $1 a month. Every little bit helps. So check it out. Keep us going. And stay tuned for more, because we are not finished yet. And I guess one of the things that I should have mentioned is during a presidential election year, you will get more people turn out to vote yeah. than you will any other time. Right. And I'm guaranteed. You know, the problem is, is that your greatest impact on seeing to it that someone you want elected to get elected is from your state level down. That's where you have the right. most control. Like going and voting for president, yeah, it feels good. Yeah, I don't, but get, you don't, you have. I don't get involved in the yeah. presidential election. Yeah. I mean, you can see what's what because it's so broadcast everywhere. Well, that, he doesn't give a shit about the I'll south like, side of Indiana. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, you have the electoral college. They're the ones that are going to decide. Right. You know, and, yep. and and it's happened several times over the past twenty years or so, where the electoral college has not aligned with the popular vote, and so it, it just doesn't even matter at that point. And and I get people feel like they're making that 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 decision, and they're they're being impactful, but in municipal races, state races, you know, county races, that that's where it matters. Yep. That's where it matters the most. Yeah. What uh? What did you go to school for, Andy? You said you went to school for a little bit. Yeah, um, I started for electrical engineering. Uh, oh, okay. It was something that when I was younger, because when I was younger, I wanted to join the Navy and become a Navy SEAL. Well, I blew out my knee. I tore my ACL. My freshman. That's pretty fucking badass. Yeah. yeah. And so then something else that someone was kind of pushing me to was doing doing engineering, and that was yeah. my stepdad the one that kind of taught me the trade. And so I'm like, you know what, if I do this, I can have a desk job because I had some knee issues. I had a later on in life, had another knee surgery. It got infected and wiped out my knee. I have to have a right. replacement and so on and so forth. Right. And so I'm like, well, if I go back to school, I can at least do a desk job for right. the rest of my life. Yeah. And so I started for electrical engineering. I did all the math, did all the science, physics, all that shit for it. And I'm like, you know what, I'm chasing someone else's dream. This isn't this isn't really what I want to do. Right. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to change this to just a bachelor's of general studies. And then I did a minor in political science and a minor in civic leadership. And then I graduated, I think, May of 2020, May or December of 2020, whatever it was. Yeah. And and that's what I, that's what I went for. Yeah. Did you ever have politics in your outlook for life or you just kind of fall into this shit what do you think i did not um my parents they were never politically engaged in anything i don't even know that they ever even voted right uh right so it, the politics was never something that was discussed talked about nothing and um i i had a great great uncle he was a world world war ii vet he died in 2020 and um I have another uncle, a great uncle, that both of them were like just heavily engaged in politics right. on the south side here. And so I reached out to my great uncle and he's like, well, you really need to reach out to Uncle Larry and talk to him. So I reached right. out to him, talked to him and through his network of people that he knew and knows, um, 
I just kind of used that to my advantage and, and, and just kind of got in there and started doing what I needed to do. But it, it's hard to understand it really not, it, it not being involved. I mean, and if, if you're not involved in it, you, you will never know. I've, I've thought about that a lot of times, you know, just like the last presidential election, which was a shit show, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it blows my mind to think that, okay, we've got the United States of America running a presidential election. And these are the two best freaking people we can find. How do they get to that point? You know, you get involved and work through the ranks. And it's just like, I, I, I find it hard to believe with all the people in the United States that that's the two best people we can find. Well, what blows yeah. my mind, why are we constantly going after old ass white men? Yeah. And you got Bingo. somebody. Or yeah, old got, ass white women. Yeah. <laughs> you got one foot in the grave, one foot out. I mean, it's. Right. Yeah. Why are we, for whatever reason, we're so hell bent on, and we, and I don't know if it's because of JFK. I mean, he was the youngest president that was right. ever elected. But I don't know if it was because of that that people are like, oh, I don't, we, we don't need to uh, elect somebody young again. We've got to go with these 80 and 90 year olds that are still, you know, whatever. But it, yeah, it's just, we don't, just we don't, we don't need it. that. And yeah. for the country, we don't need that. We need somebody that is mentally present and has the right morals. Yeah, you know. No, they want an old fuck that they can control behind the scenes. The president really has no. I'm not going to do politics. That's not for fucking me. But you know, I watched House of Cards. I know how everything works. I'm good. (laughs) But yeah, I mean that's what it is. Just find a fucking old guy that we can do everything behind the scenes, and he doesn't know what the fuck's happening. And this is what we're doing. Read this prompting. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm all for it. I just, I was curious. Like, I didn't know how the hell you decided, hey, I'm tired of running this fucking conduit. I'm going to be a politician now. Or, like, we've got guys in our hall that I know have thought about politics before they ever got in, and they're going to try to use this shit as a stepping stone. Yeah. No, man, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I have a passion for what I do. I truly enjoy yeah. doing what I do. And I've told people, people don't buy it. They say shit. I mean, if I won the lottery, I would still get up and go to work. Granted, I take a hell of a lot more vacations. Right. Or more power to you. I'm done. But I just I don't know. I just really enjoy doing yeah, what have, I do. Have you looked at what the lottery yeah. been up to lately? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'd get up every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love you for it. I'm gonna be late every day, Chad. I'm just telling you right out of the gate. If I'm working, I'm still gonna be fucking late. It's four hours max a day. It's <laughs> like lay me off. I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, bring that shit on. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just I really do enjoy what I what I do. I always come back to it. I mean, I went to school, right. came back to it. You yeah. know, I did hod carrying, came back to it. I mean, it's just I don't know, it's because I've been shocked so many times and that yeah. magnetic field just keeps drawing me in or what it is. Yeah. But or or he short circuit you know. upstairs. <laughs> Could be <Hey>. that. <laughs> Shit happens, bro. Yeah, it could right. be that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it too. I mean, I and I, I talk about it a lot, you know, being around apprentices as an instructor, and it's it's just I don't want to go as far as say I'd still get up every morning and do what I do if I hit the lottery. But honestly, you go to work and it's that's your job. You're going there to do your job and make a paycheck. Mm-hmm. But 
dude, you talk to people. I mean, this is like Josh and I, there's a lot of times where we have time, you know, in the morning when we get there before work, getting ready to go to work, we all sit around and bullshit and that, that camaraderie and the sociability of it is pretty amazing. And you can't say that it, you can't say that it's a requirement really. It is because look at people that retire, but then come back to work because they miss it. Yeah, because they're bored. Exactly. Oh, they're bored. tons of them. Yeah, yeah. So, it's I mean, not because they're fucking broke. Something there. Yeah, right. exactly. It has nothing to do with being broke at all. It's that they miss that camaraderie. They yeah. miss well, you, that purpose. Yeah. Nobody misses waking up at fucking four in the morning and climbing a ladder and turning wrenches and getting shocked and fucking. They just miss bullshitting with the guys. Yeah, getting a piece of rod ran through their back or you know whatever. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I I wonder if I could wake up and go play with a bunch of fucking fiberglass until I can't itch anymore, and yeah, right. you know, all this stupid right, shit. Mesothelioma but... or something, yeah, yeah. Right. Of course, then you got jackasses like me who uh, my hobbies are golf and hunting and shit like that, where I still get to wake up at four in the morning on a fucking Saturday and Genius. freeze to death, and you know, yeah. super awesome. Great decisions I've made in my life. But you enjoy those stupid decisions, right? right? Oh, I enjoy the fuck out of it. I mean, this that's what it's all about. <laughs> but I, I did tell him, I said, I think I'm a bowler now. Like, I don't like golf or hunting anymore. I got to wake up early. Yeah. I can bowl at night and I can drink. And yeah, that's that's me. They just keep yeah. bringing them to you. Yeah. You guys have a uh, league? I don't. We, not a league, but me and my brother and a couple oh, guys, we, uh, we put a couple teams together that went to a league by us. Right. Gotcha. It'd be pretty cool to get some a bunch of union guys and do a league and do some shit like that. We've talked about it. Yeah, because 481 has a, a bowling league, a bowling team. Oh, no shit. Travel around. Yeah, I think they went to Chicago uh, several months ago. So, I mean, they travel around yeah. to different places. I'm sure there's yeah. enough people that enjoy it. If somebody started one, I'll bet there's people that would do it. jump in. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, we've got our team, but fuck, we're not good enough. We just go out. Basically, we just go out drinking on Fridays and we throw some bowling balls. It's more like a it's drinking, a drinking team, team with rolls, a bowling problem. Rolls balls. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with my golf and, every, you know, everything else. My Most of my hobbies involve drinking. I don't know what the fuck the problem is. I don't know what's up with I don't that. know if that's a work thing or what it is, but. Yeah. I don't know what it is for you guys, but, like, one of the, jokingly, the requirements to be a union electrician was – he had to be divorced and married three times and yeah. have at least two DUIs. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad that's all the trades because I thought yeah. that was us for sure. When I got in, like the first 10 guys I met were like, oh, yeah, I'm divorced twice. I got two DUIs. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> we're best friends. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my wife asked me one day. She's like, now, don't you wish you would have done this like right out of high school? I said, fuck no. I've heard stories. We were not strong enough. Like they were drinking every night. I was not prepared for that. I was not mature. I'm we not now. Sure, we weren't going. Yeah, yeah. Too I'm not fun. now, but God damn it, 21. I was not mature enough to just like go to school and come home with 30 guys going out drinking. I would have been there. We would have had problems. So you see there, even the American dream, you got to sort through your problems. That's good stuff. Always enjoy it. 
you know and if you want to hear more about these and possibly get a chance to share some of your inside real life stories you can check us out go to the bottom of the show notes and hit the link for the website you can leave a voicemail comment there's all kinds of good stuff on there and if you just want leave an email at chad at workinggamepodcast.com and we'll see what we can do to get you hooked up and involved there you have today's episode that is the end of this week's episode if you enjoyed it come back we plan on having more coming up thank you for being with us this is chad josh and andy was here today on the working game podcast see you next time